as we remain standing before the Lord shall we turn to the scriptures we're going to read today from Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 reading from the New Living Translation guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life guard your heart about all about all else for it determines the course of your life father we are grateful to you for your word we pray that you will speak to us release your grace and anointing in this place so that the proclamation of your word will be effective that it will touch our lives change the very course of our life every resistance to the preaching of god's word we bind them in jesus name and we take victory in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen please be seated welcome to cornerstone church we are grateful this morning that we could come in god's presence give him the glory that is due to his name and worship him praise god as we look to God's word today's message is titled God your heart and if you attended last Wednesday night's service that was a preview of this message that message was not given by me that message was given by brother Stanley Matthew and I encourage all of you to attend the Wednesday night English service on Zoom it will be a blessing praise the lord guard your heart about all else for it determines the course of your life praise the lord have you ever been entrusted with keeping something safe have you ever been entrusted with guarding something precious how have you conducted yourself when you were given that responsibility a few weeks ago we went to belize and we were carrying a lot of stuff some of the stuff belonged to us most of the stuff was taken to give it away but i noticed everyone who was part of the team every one of them were very very alert when it came to their stuff but the things that were supposed to be given away it's okay not that we were careless everything that we took we made sure that it was given away but there was a difference i saw then i saw that those who were holding their passport they were holding it very close to them it was not the luggage that like the luggage that we were carrying like over there over here all over the place close to us but the passports that we were carrying we were carrying it very close to us because all of us know how much it's worth its value is connected to the fact the entry and the exit to the destination and back home is directly connected to the passport that we are carrying especially if you are traveling to a foreign country and god forbid if you ever lose your passport 
you know you are in trouble. So people who are aware of that, they are very careful. They hold it very close. So we all have the tendency of guarding things that are very precious, worthy, very valuable stuff. We guard it with everything that we have. We're not careless about it. The Bible promotes guarding our heart as a very important responsibility that is entrusted to every one of us. So we as God's children, the Bible admonishes us that we have to guard our heart. And for that Solomon, when he pens it, he says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. One version said like this. NLT says, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, your heart is directly directed to the course of your life. And your course of your life would lead you to your destiny and your destination. Every one of us have a destiny and a destination. And we have to be careful in our decision making as to what kind of decisions that we make because eventually the decisions that we make, it charts the course of our life and that would eventually take us to our destination. So, Solomon is saying, hey, it's priority. What is it? What is it? It is priority. What is priority? What is priority on you? What is priority? I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. What is priority? Guard your heart. Above all else means, this is top priority. This is very important. It's important stuff that we, every one of us, should exercise it. Praise the Lord. And to God our heart, praise God, every one of us have the responsibility. Number one, it is primarily every individual's responsibility that you guard your heart. Number two, as we are growing up in the process of attaining maturity, it is also the responsibility of the guardians that are entrusted to us to guard our heart. Praise the Lord. As parents, as teachers, as ministers, we have, the, we have been entrusted a very solemn responsibility to guard the hearts of those who are in the process of attaining maturity. To drive the point home, it is the responsibility of the parents to guard the heart of those 
infants and children that have been entrusted to you. Praise the Lord. Guard their hearts from infiltration. Infiltration comes from different angles. Praise the Lord. We'll come to that. And we are entrusted that tremendous responsibility to God, our heart. And as you read it down, what Solomon pens, he says not only your heart, make sure you guard your mouth, make sure you guard your lips, make sure you guard your eyes, your feet, in other words, your whole being, beginning from the inside heart. Praise the Lord. When we use the term heart, normally, naturally, our mind goes to the organ heart that every one of us have. How many of you has brought your heart with you today? Hello? Everybody got your heart? Can you check? Can you check? It's beating? Yes. But the Bible is not talking about the heart that pumps blood. Praise the Lord. It speaks about the inner being, the mind, the soul, the thought, the motives, the desire that well up within us. Praise the Lord. The mind or the heart is a fountain from which action springs. What is it? It is the fountain from which action springs. Praise the Lord. So we have to do what? We have to guard this heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Heart meaning, in essence, it's who you are. Praise the Lord. It's your core self. It's that authentic being in you. It's where all your desires and drives and dreams, it is based. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's part of you that connects with God and connects with each other. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the heart is very, very important. Praise the Lord. And therefore, when you read the scripture, we can understand that God gives premium to a heart that is regenerated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To a heart that is connected to God. Praise the Lord. When a person is born again, there is a change of heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is a change of heart. But we have, it's important that the transformation that has been taken within us is maintained over the course of life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, quite often, we as believers, we tend to impart the do's and the don'ts. The do's and the don'ts are important as we are growing up. But unless our heart is changed, unless there is a transformation, 
someone would have to constantly hammer the do's and the don'ts. Praise the Lord. The heart of every man who is not born again is plagued with sin. Praise the Lord. Unless God does a deeper, wider work within us, we carry that heart that is plagued with sin. That's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. There is a shift that takes place when Jesus comes into our lives. Jesus offers a brand new, a fresh start into each and every one of our lives. There is no doubt about it. We need to understand, unless our heart is changed, we would continue in the path of rebellion. We would continue in the path of sin. And therefore, every one of us ought to experience the rebirth, the regeneration experience in our lives so that we have a new leaf to life, new lease to life, a new life that is made, that is built according to the pattern of God's word. Before we go any further, we need to pose a question and ask ourselves, have you experienced or have you been given a new heart? Praise the Lord. Have you been created anew in and through Jesus Christ? Praise the Lord. Quite often, we go through the motion of religion and ritual based on our environment and our upbringings, based on who our parents are, we are automatically inducted into our parents' faith as far as the facade is concerned. Praise the Lord. We go through the motion of what our parents unveil before us. That's why it's always important to the parents as parents that we only unveil that which is allowed and permitted by the scripture because we want to impress the right kind of stuff into our next generation. Praise God. Hallelujah. But at the same time, we need to understand that as just because we are exposed to something could put us in a mode. Our convictions, our perspectives, our thoughts, our ideologies are shaped and molded by our upbringing. If our upbringing is good, praise God. If our upbringing is connected to Christ, praise God. But that in itself is not going to cut. Every one of us need to have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, we need to have a transformation. A saving knowledge of grace should be experienced in every one of our lives. And that should bring about the authentic change and transformation in each and every one of our lives. 
This verse, particular verse, is not just for isolated view. None of us are immune to the call that is made here. None of us are exempt from the call that is made here. In other words, based on our spiritual state of mind or our status, based on our maturity, there is no stage where God says, okay, you are exempt from it. Regardless of who we are, how spiritual we are, how mature we are, all of us ought to do what? Employ this word, apply this word to ourselves, which is what? We ought to guard our heart. Why is the writer saying this? Very simple. He says, because it determines the course of your life. In other words, it is the wellspring of life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is something very precious and very valuable, which is applicable to each and every one of us. In other words, this is a source of life. Your heart overflows into thoughts, actions, and words. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Your thoughts, your actions, your words, they all come from your heart. That's why, that's what Jesus also said. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Praise the Lord. So we have to protect it because it is very precious and it is very valuable. This is how the Lord Jesus put it. A good person out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart our mouth speaks. Praise the Lord. In other words, if a heart is good, what comes from the heart will be good. If a heart is right, our lives would be right. Praise the Lord. If our lives are full of bitterness, hatred, malice, slander, drunkenness, adultery, every kind of sin, it is because our heart, the fountain, the wellspring of life has been adversely affected. Praise the Lord. If our lives are such as it bring forth glory to God, if it brings forth love, joy, peace, harmony, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, it is only because God has graciously implanted within us a new heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Having said that, that doesn't exempt us of a responsibility of preserving, protecting, and guarding our heart. Praise the Lord. Because if left unguarded, it can initiate a domino effect. Praise the Lord. Our heart, if left 
unguarded, it can initiate a domino effect which will impact and our actual impact our faith our family our finance our friends every realms of our lives will be impacted so folks this morning young and old protect and guard your heart otherwise if you leave it unguarded it will you will fall into a domino effect which will affect every arena of our lives a lot of people take the faith life casually and carelessly forgetting that if you initiate a domino effect it will impact every arenas of our lives don't think if your faith is impacted your family your friends your finance are going to remain intact over the course of your life listen this is a course this is a journey over the course of life your faith is impacted your family is impacted your friends are impacted it will also impact your finance praise the lord hallelujah that's why the call that has been given in the scripture is over and over especially in proverbs my son give me your heart praise the lord my son give me your heart now that call give me your heart comes from different arenas the father says my son give me your heart do you know there are calls from different arena that comes beckoning our attention imploring our affection calling us to alluring us into that call unless our hearts are protected we will yield ourselves to that allurement so we will come to that later later praise the lord if our hearts are not right before god every religious exercise that we undergo is meaningless in other words everything that we are involved in church the church life that we call is meaningless unless our heart is primarily given to the lord praise the lord hallelujah this is very important that we understand praise the lord unless our hearts are right before god praise the lord all that we offer to him is rejected have you ever, ever thought about it that's why jesus said it's a quote from the old testament where god calls out and jesus also says that this people they honor me with their lips but their heart is heart is far from me is that possible yeah it is possible our heart could be far from what we are saying to the lord 
I can be saying, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, and get into a frenzy of the words, praise God, without the heart connected to God. I can say all kind of good things, but God looks into my heart and says, is my heart right with him? This is very important. So always check your heart before you step in. Check your heart before you step out. Check your heart as often as you can if it is right before God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Solomon is saying about all else, it's top priority. Praise the Lord. He's not saying if you're going to get around it, it would be nice if you can guard your heart, but rather he says, make it top priority. Praise the Lord. Guard your heart from what? I want to present four things. Number one, guard your heart from deception. Number one, self-deception. Praise the Lord. Number one, self-deception. This is what Apostle John puts it. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So anyone who says we have not sinned, he is in a state of deception. When John was writing this, when he pens this word, he has in mind the Gnostics who were saying, it's not me who is sinning, it's, my, it's just my body. Can you imagine that? It's like saying, it's just doing something wrong. And you're saying, it's not me, it's just my, you know, the, the, the body, you know. If I slapped you, oh, I never intended to slap you. It was just my hand. If I punched you on your nose, can you imagine me coming and telling you, oh, you know what, I really, you know, that was not me. I didn't even know that I just had my fist up and I, I punched you in your nose. You can, would you buy it? No one's going to buy that. You're going to say that's false. That's not true. Likewise, the scripture makes it very clear. Praise the Lord. There are people today who claim and who say a lot of things. There are no absolutes. What's wrong for you is wrong for me. What's right for me is right for me. What's wrong for you is wrong for you. There is, there is out there the world says, you like it? Well, that's good. That's you. You know, as long as you like it, it's okay. It's not just as long as you like it. It is your liking should be connected to what the scripture says. Praise the Lord. Okay? So John is saying, however a person puts it, however you word it, praise the Lord. It does not matter in what time you live, what culture you live. You can word it anyway, but if you are denying, then you deceive yourself. Denying what? I'm not a sinner. You know, that's not me. It's just my body this, this, this just did it. It has got nothing to do with me. Living in denial. Praise the Lord. It is what? It's a self-deception. That's why Jeremiah puts it like this. 
in Jeremiah chapter 17. Above all else, the heart is deceitful. Who can understand? Meaning, our heart has the potential to deceive ourselves. To deceive ourselves. And that's why the Bible often, again and again, tells us, make sure that you don't fall for that deception. I don't have the time. Let me just move on. You know, Paul writing to Galatians reminds them of something very, very important. This is how he says, Be not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he also reap. In other words, we have to be careful as to how we conduct ourselves. Praise the Lord. Many a times, folks, they sow wild oats and they expect a good bumper harvest. Definitely, you're going to get a bumper harvest, but it's based on what you have sown. Can you imagine? You sowed something and you're, expe you're expecting something else to come out. It's based on what you are sowing because it's a law that God has initiated in creation itself. Every seed, every plant, that's what, produces the same kind of plant. You cannot have an apple seed planted and expect an oranges to come out. It's impossible. It's against the nature. Having said that, if you are sowing, being stingy, you will reap what? You will reap what? If you are generous in your sowing, you will reap generously. Praise the Lord. The law of harvest is irrevocable and incontestable. You cannot, it's an irrevocable order, law that God has placed in the nature. Praise the Lord. If I say, Lord, forgive me, the Lord is faithful to forgive what the sins that I have committed. But that itself does not cancel the fruit of what I have sown. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You're going to ask me, what about grace then? Yes, we have grace. Thank God. We survive only because of grace. But I want to draw before you a picture where you understand what you sow is what you reap. Can any one of you give me an example from the scripture? Quick. Anyone? Someone sowed something, they reaped the same thing. Jacob, very good example, right from the beginning of the Bible. Okay? He sowed what? Deception. He deceived who? His father. Who deceived him back? Who deceived him back? Huh? Number one, he deceived his father. Who deceived him back? Father-in-law. Where did he sow? In his house, in his tent, in his country. Where did he reap? Whew. 
Wow. What does that mean? It means for this law to operate, to be in motion, you don't have to be in the same place. But it is a law that is in motion. I don't have time to go into deeper, but we see that this cycle keeps repeating. And the only way you can stop this vicious cycle is when God intervenes with grace. And it is initiated by what? It is initiated by what? Repentance and renouncing. Samson is a good example. Samson was anointed, but he lived a careless, casual life. As children of God, especially people who are being used by God, regardless of the setting that you are being used, you are to guard your heart. Regardless of the scope and the magnitude that God uses you, you have to guard your heart, otherwise you're going to get hit from every end. God was... God anointed Samson and Samson was, was, was on fire for the Lord. But he lived a careless, casual life. Christ. Careless life. He dabbled in sin in and out, in and out, in and out. And just because he had the working power, it did not stop the impact that was going to come upon his life. I want you to understand. When we dabble in sin and in world, immediately the motion that has been put into effect by what God has implanted in you does not cease to exist. You cannot just look at yourself and say, hey, Last week I did something wrong, but I still can sing. I still can preach. That itself is not an evidence of what? Of what? The state of your heart as God looks. So Samson at one point came to a point where what he sowed, he reaped. But do you see the grace of God? Even as he's bound, and even as he's enslaved, even as he is being tortured and made fun by his enemies, the grace of God appears. What a beautiful picture in the scripture. You know what the Bible says? It says that his hair started growing. How did they capture him? They shaved his head, his hair off, and he lost his power, okay? But slowly, the hair that they had shaved off, it started growing unnoticed by the enemy. And so what initiated or what broke the power of the enemy was Samson's contrite heart 
and a confession to God. See, that is the grace of God. Yes? All of us might have made some kind of boo-boo at some point. But when we truly confess, even when we are reaping the consequences of what we have sowed, sometimes the reaping is not evident to the world, but it is a burden that you carry in your heart. It could be a wound that you are carrying in your heart. It could be a pain that you are carrying in your heart. It could be the sleepless night that you are spending in your home. It could be the tears that stream through your cheeks. It could be the tears that's drenching your pillow. And even the person who is sleeping next to you, your dear one, your spouse is not aware of it, but you've been carrying it because the law of sowing and reaping is in effect. I'm going to conclude this. I'm not done, but I'm going to conclude it on a graceful note because all of us are living because of his grace. Praise the Lord. We cannot just simply overlook folks. The best of us simply survive because of grace. So we have nothing to brag, nothing to boast. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest we should, none should boast. I am saved by grace. And I put it like this. I am sustained by grace. Praise God. Because the Bible says in Titus 2, 10, 11, 12, the grace of God that appeared to all mankind teaches us to say no to ungodliness. So the same grace that redeemed me, it reforms me also. Praise the Lord. And it is the part of reformation that helps me to sustain, to maintain the Bible-based balance in life. And it also gives me the opportunity to come to him and say, Lord, here I am. Forgive me. Sprinkle the blood of Jesus. I confess my sin. I confess my wrongdoing. You repent, you renounce. Not just simply repenting, but renouncing. Praise the Lord. Quite often people repent or simply go through the motion. But true repentance should lead us to renouncing the very thing that has become a pain in our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The grace of God is so beautiful. Praise the Lord. But why go through pain when God is saying, do what? Do what? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. You don't have to go through that pain. You don't have to go through that pain of, of sleepless night, of the nightmares that, that comes to you. Protect. Prevention is what? Is the best medicine. The Bible is saying, guard your heart. Guard your heart. 
guard your heart. So what's the state of your heart this morning? What is the state of your heart this morning? Are you guarding it? Or have you left it wide open? Praise God. Are you guarding it from self-deception? We often give importance to others deceiving us. But we often overlook that quite often we deceive ourselves. We don't want to deceive ourselves, none of us. When you come in the presence of God this morning, our lives are bare and open. Praise God before God. So all eyes closed for a minute. One minute. What's the state of your heart? What's the state of your heart? Have you been diligently protecting your heart? Or have you left it wide open? Are you living in deception? Self-deception. Everything is okay. I am okay. You are okay. Praise the Lord. Well, we need to ask ourselves, is God okay with it? If God is not okay with it, I want to check my heart right now before God. When he looks into my heart, what does he see? Is there self-deception in me? I am living, am I living in a state of self? Am I living in a state of denial? Indulging myself in stuff that the Bible prohibits and restricts, and yet living as if it does not matter. If that's the case, stop, pause before God. Let His eyes look through us. This is how the psalmist puts it Search me. Oh God, search me. Oh God, search me. Search me. Search me. When God searches, there is nothing that He does not have access to. I cannot hide anything from Him. Praise the Lord. And this is a voluntary prayer. Search me of God and what? Huh? Praise the Lord. Know my. And if there is a wicked way in me, oh my God. Oh my God. If there is a wicked way in me, Lord, please overlook it. Please ignore it. Is that what the psalmist is saying? Lead me in the way of everlasting. We said that what starts from the heart, it determines the course of your life. And therefore, we need to check our heart time again and again. It says, Lord, 
search me. I have the potential to deceive myself. So search me. Lord, if there is a wicked way in me, help me. Because I want to be in that path of praise God that leads to eternal life. Praise God, the path that leads to righteousness. I want to be on the highway of holiness. But if there is any wickedness in me, Lord, help me to deal with it right now. Praise God. Is there anything that you have to repent or renounce this morning? Say, Lord, I made an error. I left my heart unguarded. But this morning, I come to you and I repent. And I want to make sure that my heart is right with you. And I will guard my heart with all diligence. Father, we humble ourselves before you. This morning, we thank you for your word. Lord, you make it a priority that we need to guard our heart. But it determines, for it determines our destiny. Lord, as you have planned, our destiny is not destruction. The enemy tries to derail us, detour us from our destiny. But you are asking us to guard our heart because it determines the course of our life. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We commit every heart this morning into your heart, into your hands. Deal with us. Do a deeper, wider work in us. That our heartbeat be synchronized with your heartbeat. That our hearts, desires, and drives align with your desires concerning us. That the plans of our heart will be your plans. We yield ourselves to you. Thank you, Father, for ministering to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.